Here's the thing. Hey, I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm gonna get you high today. Because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, and you ain't got shit to do. Because what I'm thinking is... Right. We open with the song Friday by that Rebecca girl. That's what the movie's based on. (laughs) I don't think she was born then. Gotta get down on Friday. The lyrics are all about the movie. What do the guys in the Friday do but get down on Friday? That's true. Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Okay. First of all, first of all, I am so sad that you know the lyrics to that song. I am too. I'm not happy about what I've done with my life. These are the choices I've made. This is the shit I'm living with. Second, I highly doubt that that girl knows anything about the actual movie Friday. Rebecca Black? Rebecca Black. How old is Rebecca Black? You should look it up because that's something that our listeners need to know. You look it up while I do some pod keeping. Okay, I'm going to do pod keeping. You don't need to spell out. You don't need to do Oh my God, she was born in 1997. See? I told you she wasn't even born when the movie came out. She's 22. Okay, well, uh, that's, I'm sad I even brought it up. Uh, hello, hey everybody. everyone. Welcome to well, How Have You Not Seen This? Welcome to How Have You Not Seen This? I'm trying a different pronunciation. Oh, okay. Stressing it. How okay. have you not seen this? How have you not seen this? Yep, we're going to do a different one each week. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's our podcast uh, where... Um, my husband Daniel and I um, show each other movies the other one should have seen by now. Like, really should have seen by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's not already obvious, the movie that Daniel should have seen by now is Friday. Yep, Friday. 1995's classic, classic. The Adventures of Craig and Smokey. The Adventures of Craig and Smokey, yes. Um, written. By um, Ice Cube, um, well, co-written by Ice Cube and starring Ice Cube and directed by F. Gary Gray. Mm -hmm. And um, whenever I see Gary Gray together, I just either want to say Gray Gray or Gary Gary because just think about it and it throws you off. Anyway, um, a bit of podcaping before I start. Uh, As executive producer and director of this podcast... uh, (laughs) I do nothing. No, I'm not executive producer. I'm producer and Yeah, you're producer, you're director. You're executive producer. You're the sound engineer. That's true. You're the mixer. You do post-production. I mix it up. You also did pre-production. You did the research and got all the technology. Word. I just show up. And 50-50, I'm not wearing pants. Like, that's all I bring. I know, but it's cute when you're not wearing pants. Mm-hmm. That's all I bring to the table. Uh, anyway, I've made an executive decision as... Since we, since we live in Houston and it is summer and it is uh, climate change, global warming, whatever your politics dictate, um, it's fucking hot outside. And so in the past, we've been turning off the AC so that we don't have that hum in the background for that you. goes on that's and off. That's a consideration for you, yeah, the listener. Yeah, that's for you guys. But I decided after last week's recording that um, y'all are just going to have to suffer for a little bit. We were very, very sweaty. We looked like we built a house. We did. When it was over. It was 
funky. It was in funky here. in here. And so we're going to leave the air on. You may hear it cycle on and off. I think that you're just, I, you know, you're going to have to struggle. It's going to be tough. And if you need a hand to hold, I'm here for you. You can always reach out to us at notseeingthispod at gmail.com for your struggles. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If this ruins the entire podcast for you, you know what? We had a good ride. And hey, you know what? You email us, I'll give you your money back. That's the promise I make right now. Uh, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. You're welcome. <gasps> it's free. Nope. Oh, I've been charging people. Oh, all right. Right on. I, sorry. Um, you want some of that money? I've seen no money. Sorry, I've been keeping it. Um. Anyway, that's just where we are with that. Uh, it's a minor thing, but it's the... Um, perfectionist in me that wants you to know that if you hear the clicking on and off it is because we are hot as fuck and we want to not be yep well put thank you (laughs) so on with the show Mm -hmm. so we saw a really great movie last night great movie saw a movie called friday friday with ice cube with ice cube and chris tucker Uh, and all sorts of people let me start by saying and and then uh, and and I'll just kind of I have to start by saying something funny. This is one of my okay. I have the whitest, squarest father that any of you have ever met. Like he loves to drink Arnold Palmers. He loves to have to explain Arnold Arnold Palmers to people. Is that polo shirt tucked into those pleated khakis? He you bet it is. Definitely does that. He only wear. I mean, he's just oh god, he's so precious. Where are my Tevas? Yeah, um, Friday. Friday, his two of his very favorite movies of all time are Friday and Beverly Hills Cop. Now, that doesn't make sense. He has seen these movies many, 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 many times and quotes them wrong. This is where I get it. I get the it's same. It's pretty cute. Yeah, quotes them wrong every time he talks about them, laughs so hard that he doesn't make any sound, but he has never seen the actual theatrical releases of these films. He's only seen them on TV. And so he's never actually heard any swearing. And he will tell me, this is the mark of a good movie that you, that it can make you laugh this much and it doesn't need any bad language. And I'm like, okay, daddy, Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe you're missing some good jokes because you're not, allowing any bad language but i would like to say that i think that's very i think it's very cool that this like old white dude fucking loves him some ice cube yeah even though even though he's never heard any of it no i guess they just talk about melon farmers (laughs) and you know flipping out i don't know know. (laughs) but i just love that he's oh my god and also rush hour he does love Rush Hour. He loves Rush Hour. He's My, a Chris Tucker fan. He is a Chris the Tucker fan. Oeuvre. The whole oeuvre. The oeuvre. The oeuvre? The oeuvre. Of. Don't talk. Got it. Uh, okay, so what I want to know is, uh, what did you think? And why? Have it, tell me why you haven't seen it. Please, because look. Yeah. It was 95 when it came out. I get that you were only 13 and yes. that you had super square parents. I totally get it. Uh-huh. But you've that's, had. That's most of my reasoning. Almost 20 Five years. Oh my god! It turns twenty-five next year. What? What? Well, now I just feel more aware of my age and mortality than I planned on feeling tonight. That's that's kind of messing with my head. Turning twenty-five years Jeez. next year. Yeah, in nineteen ninety-five, when this came out, I it's the, that was the summer I turned thirteen. So I, as as alluded to by my wife and co-host 
Tracy Manford Carlson, I had very conservative, very square parents who would have not let me within miles of a theater to see Friday when it came out. Uh, I really should have watched it on tape at a friend's house sometime in middle school or high school. Yes. Because that's where I saw all the good stuff. It's, I mean, obviously I was 13. I wasn't getting out to see stuff, but like my, my, uh, one of my best friends and I, we do sleepovers all the time. That's where I saw under siege stuff like that. Like that's when we should have rented this movie Indeed. and seen it. I should have seen it in middle school or high school. I just didn't for a variety of personal failings that, that contribute contribute to the mess that I am today. Spending a lot of time staring at that L. McPherson poster in your in your room. Yeah, also watching Sirens with L. McPherson. There you go. That movie actually has a plot, apparently. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that for years. I thought it was just like one of those swimsuit compilation videos where it's just like scene after scene, it's a blur, and then suddenly it ends. Yeah. There's a plot to that movie. I, I'm aware. I think somebody, I think there's a painter in it. Yeah. Somebody might be a priest. Oh I'm not sure. Oh, God. But it's Al McPherson and two other girls. No, we, we're not talking about that movie. We're not going to talk about Sirens? <laughs> no, we're not talking about that. We're here to talk about Friday. Okay. Well, is, welcome back to my podcast, Let's Watch Sirens. Welcome back to the podcast. My husband spent a lot of quality time with himself and his poster of Al McPherson. Oh, thank you. <laughs> By the way, if you haven't watched Big Mouth on Netflix, please, please watch Big yeah. Mouth. And... Uh, mm. Andrew, and, and watch just, it. Yes, just watch Andrew, and that's my husband. Yep. As, <laughs> as a 12-year-old boy. Di- he loves Diane Lane. I love Diane Lane. Diane Do yourself a favor Lane. and see Unfaithful. Andrew. That's a quote from the show, and that's me giving you advice. I'm telling you as, as Lola that you should totally see that show. It's amazing. This is all we do, by the way, when no one's here. Without the mics, this Actually, is all the shit that we do. it's like the greatest show on Netflix right now. Right. So we've talked about cartoons and uh, my early uh, ushers, ushering into pubescent pre-manhood. Yeah. So we've covered a lot of good ground already. Talking about Friday. Let's uh, talk about Friday now. Talk about Friday. Uh, the Adventures of Craig and Smokey. I thought it was hilarious and great. I was aware. Yay! I was aware of Friday, of course, because it's not like it is a very popular movie. And as we will discuss, the source of many gifts and memes. So it's it's very well known. I, I've known about Friday forever and ever. Um, I just never got onto seeing it. Should have really seen it in middle school or high school before now. Um, I thought it was really funny. Uh, I really liked the the looseness of the way it was cut. It's clearly, it's cut for like audience laughs. Like there's a lot of like, pauses when like punchlines get dropped or guys mug and make faces like it's made for that's a, crowd. a really good point it's made for a crowd it's made to be experienced and laughed at with people it's a it's a hangout movie like you can tell me more no about, that's for sure you can tell me more about about the production of this uh and and the writing and the the shooting and stuff but it is a hangout movie no, no, absolutely. like it's a it they they justify it with like a paper thin plot of like smoky played by Chris Tucker, smokes all his dealer's weed and can't pay him back. And so by the end of the day, the dealer's going to kill him unless he can find his money. Like, that's that's what loosely hangs the, the narrative together. Yeah. But it's really just a bunch of... It's, this, it's these dudes, Craig, Ice Cube, and Smokey, Chris Tucker, friends, hanging out on a Friday, just hanging out. No, literally, the... the um, so I let me say real quick before Daniel continues... Um, my sources for this are, of course, Wikipedia. Donate to Wikipedia. Um, a fantastic piece on uh, Complex by Angel Diaz and... No. 
Angel Diaz and Jason Dwayne Hahn called And You Know This Man, An Oral History of Friday. And then an, a piece by Kelly L. Carter on BuzzFeed called After 20 Years, Friday is still the most important film ever made about the hood. And yeah. you, it literally, on Wikipedia, it says... Uh, the film chronicles approximately 16 hours in the lives of unemployed friends Craig Jones and Smokey, who must pay a local drug dealer $200 by 10 o'clock p.m. Like, there's nothing they don't they don't try to make it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a hangout movie. It's a it's a it's it makes sense that it's about Smokey getting high and wanting to get Craig high and them hanging out and having a good time that day and just getting into hijinks and shit because it's just a relaxing hangout movie. I want I want you to get. Um, one of the crips that hung out on on set to say hijinks. I might. It's a pun. Hi. We're, we're about to go get into some hijinks, guys. Yep. Hey, fellas. Grab grab your guns. Fellas, the ballyhoo's getting started up. Oh, good lord. Mm-hmm. I will say that I was actually a little worried about doing this movie because I felt like, am I the whitest person in the world? Should I be talking about movies in the hood? But I think... I think it's okay. I think it's a classic movie. We're talking about it as a great American movie. You yes. know, we're not we're not bringing any of the like uh let me talk to your manager judgment to it, you know. No. Like god, it's a, it's a great fucking movie and and uh, a great milestone in the careers of Ice Cube and Chris Tucker and lots of other people. Um actually it's funny like there were there were tons of people in this movie. I saw in the craps scene uh for half a minute, for half a heartbeat. Michael Clark Duncan in his first yeah. role ever I, he, on, on he the doesn't screen. say anything you barely even see his face you see like the side of his head mostly but like there's a crap scene and I was like that is Michael Clark Duncan he's he's so recognizable very first big film head role. It's, it's it's Michael Clark Duncan I was like that's his, that's him so I love yeah that you saw him oh yeah I, I, I was gonna him, tell you I noticed him right away he didn't come back I'm like oh yeah he must have been super young because mm-hmm. he's just like he's not even in this mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he's just an, he's just a glorified extra, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I love that it's this it's this classic moment um, in these guys' careers. Like it's it's yeah, we can talk a lot about it. But I thought it was I thought it was great, and I thought it was really really fun. I was gonna look up something about uh, Ice Cube real quick. So you were gonna look up something about Ice Cube? Yes. Okay. Um, so this was um, F. Gary Gray's directorial debut. Mm-hmm. I always feel like I need to say it like that because that sounds... But he was only 24. Can you believe that? Shit. Yes. I'm sure he did that as well. Um, so this is how this is how it happened. Uh, Ice Cube, this, this m- film is... The vast majority of it, majority of it is autobiographical. Um, sm- uh, it was written by Ice Cube and co-writer DJ Pooh, who is red... In the film. (laughs) (laughs) My grandmama gave me this chain. My grandmama gave me this chain. I love Red. Red was great. Yes. Yes. And actually, Gary Gray played the guy that was mopping in the the store. I thought so. Yes. Who told Eval to get out. I thought so because I recognized him because I know the name. I know. I'm familiar a little bit with. He's done like. uh, He did a Fast and Furious movie, I want to say. Yes. Okay. So let me tell you about him. Um, F. Gray Gray. F. Gary Gary. Yeah, Gary Gary. I'm going to tell you F. about Gray him. Gary. I'm super... Felix Gary Gray. Felix. Um, he started as a director on, like, major music videos. Uh, it Was a Good Day by Ice Cube, Natural Born Killers by uh, Dre and Ice Cube, Keep Their Heads Ringing by Dre, Waterfalls by TLC, and Miss Jackson by Outkast. 
Then Those are huge fucking songs. Yes. And so Ice Cube was like, I want him. He actually, Ice Cube got, um, oh, what are they, approval, mm-hmm. uh, directorial approval. And he's like, this is who I oh, want. Oh, he got to pick the director for Friday. Yes. Okay. Yes. And, um, and he chose uh, Gary. And uh, so since then, uh, Gray has directed Set It Off in 96, uh, The Negotiator in 98, The Italian oh, Job the in remake 2003, with, which with I love. Charlie Theron and Marky yes, Mark. Yes, and I love it. Okay. Be Cool in 2005, mm. Law Abiding Citizen in 2009, Straight Outta Compton in okay. 2015. Okay. And then his tour de force, the eighth installment of the Fast and the Furious franchise, The Fate of the Furious, which is the 17th highest grossing film of all time, coming in at, wait for it, $1,238,764,765. That's a lot. Way to go. It's a little, it's a little bling. Way to go, FWG. That's that's what I'm saying. Gray, gray. Uh, (laughs) Gray, gray. Um, Yeah, Cube got licensed to select the director. He went with Gray. Um, And uh, Gray was trying to establish a foothold in Hollywood initially through a short film. And Cube was like, no, do this. This will be better. We grew up in similar backgrounds. Another director is not going to get this the way that I want it. um, And I want you. And uh, Gray was (laughs) Gray is quoted as saying that the idea of Ice Cube starring in a comedy scared the shit out of me as he doubted whether audiences would buy into Ice Cube playing a role so different from his public persona. Gray explained, this is when um, I uh, remember when we read Huck Finn out loud. Don't say it. It, I'm not going to. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to say it? But I just remember what we had to read Huck Finn out loud, and it was super awkward. Oh, my God. What, what grade? Uh, seventh grade. They made 12-year-olds read Huck Finn out loud? Yeah, except we except instead of just not having us read it out loud, uh-huh. they had us say, blah, 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 N-word, blah, 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 the N-word. And we uh-huh. were like, we're all so uncomfortable right and so this is so horrible can mm-hmm. we please not do this can we not do this so anyway gray says ice cube was the mm, you love to hate he was the toughest man in america and when you take someone you're used to delivering on hard-hitting social issues and hardcore gangster rap and who has a hardcore point of view on politics you would never think comedy yeah so it's very it's, true it's not like you got to start a comedy because ice cube he was in Boys in the Hood, you know. Yes. Not like a, a laugh riot. So that it's funny that you say that. The reason that this film was created was because um, Ice Cube and DJ Pooh, I'm which I just can't I can't even handle how cute that name is. They did not like the way the the hood was being. I'm mm-hmm. just yeah. It was being portrayed. Right. Um, they said they thought they felt like it was too violent, too menacing. They wanted to emphasize the positive aspects, the fact that it is a, that there are families there, that there's life there. It's not just about yeah. um, shootouts and drugs mm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, Cube uh, is quoted as saying, we had fun in the hood. We used to trip off the neighborhood. Um, and uh, so he... That's part of, and they, and, uh, oh, 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 
Smokey was based off of DJ Pooh's stint as a drug dealer, while Craig being fired on his day off was based on Cube's brother, who was working as a driver for UPS at the time. Did he get fired on his day off? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned about the, the way they, they portray uh, the neighborhood they're in, because it really is that, like, they are, they're honest about the the dangers these guys deal with. I mean, uh, Big Worm is a drug dealer that gives Smokey the, the weed yep. and uh, is serious about his threats to kill him if he doesn't give him his money back. Yeah. There's genuine gunplay and a fight at the end. Like, it's not, you know... Haha, ha. like it's there's it's actual there's like a, a drive by thing. Like so yeah. so they do talk about that, but it, it's not that. It's not a a gritty peel back the curtain look at this. It's like, no, these guys just shoot the shit and hang out on their porch most of the day. They get into some shit, they're trying to hook up with girls, they're dealing with their parents, yep. they're dealing with just life stuff. Yep. So it's yeah, it's a it's a much different vibe. It is and um what I think is cool is um Cube wrote um, a couple scripts and they were underdeveloped and he just, he, he was self-taught. Like no one had been like, Hey, let take this class. He wasn't sure what he was doing. Um, oh, thank you. I didn't have the computer plugged in. That wasn't going to be helpful. Um, am I, are we good? Yeah, we're good. Um, it was John Singleton. Who did Boys in the Hood. Who, yeah. John Singleton was like, Hey, you, the way that you write, your music sure. means that you can write. If you can make me as he's okay. He says, if you can write a vivid record that can make me see it in my mind, you can write a script. Cool. Which I think is great advice. Mm-hmm. And obviously he was right because yeah, it worked out. the script was, was a uh, good now <laughs> about 35% of it was improv. Really? Um, almost all of, and almost all of that was Tucker and Big Worm, Faison, uh, Faison Love, mm-hmm. Faison Love, mm-hmm. Faison Love, maybe, mm-hmm. um, who you would all know. He's been in, uh, Tons Meteor of stuff. Man, Baps, Torque, Elf, The Replacements, yeah, Made, he's, he's Couples the, Retreat. The thing that I recognized him from first was he's the store manager in Elf. Yes. It has to deal with Buddy the yes. Elf. But he's like, Santa's coming? He's like, no, no. Hush, shut up. Make, make, make Santa's village, you know? Yeah, yeah. The no-nonsense, stop giving me crap yeah. store manager yeah. and Elf. Yeah. Uh, he also, um, so he and Tucker were really good friends. Um, Love and Tucker were really good friends. And they both just, I mean, it was, they, at one point the movie was four hours long. And Gray was like, stop improvising. Stop. We can't, like, we're not going to be able to have a film if you don't stop. But they just had so much fun because, I mean, I, I, I get the feeling from all the, the studying that I did about this movie and just watching it mm-hmm. and the stuff that I've read about Tucker in other roles that once you turn him on, you can't turn him off. Sure. Yeah, I can believe that. Um. I t- was telling uh, Daniel, I actually learned from, shoot, like a YouTube video or something that they, that they made. It wasn't like about them, but Jackie Chan hated Chris Tucker when they first started Rush Hour because Jackie Chan was like super, like super professional, on time, ready, knew all his lines, knew everything, like da da da. And Chris Tucker would like roll up at 11, high, just like whatever. And Jackie Chan's like, I hate you so much. Like they were. They did not get along. And in the end, it's kind of one of those, 
almost cheesy, like they both learned something from the other one and became best friends. And now Chris Tucker goes and hangs out with Jackie Chan in China. Yeah. Which I just think is wild. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's Chris Tucker. You know, it's interesting that so much of it was improv and and riffed on set because when I was watching it, it doesn't feel like it. I think it's a testament to the quality of the filmmaking and the editing and the way it's put together that it doesn't feel like they're just dicking around. Like, I, because I compared it in my head as I was watching it to more modern comedies of the, the Apatow school, where you can almost feel those movies like lurch off the story rails so the actors can just like improv and joke around and blah 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 and then it'll lurch back onto the plot track and move forward a little bit and then Ooh. and then back off again um laying the smack down on the appetite i'm just like you know like i mean it's you can tell there's a difference between like the story's moving along moving along moving along and then we got 30 seconds of like game of thrones riffs yeah you know where you're no. like this will date in four months he lets paul rudd off the leash and, yeah and and like okay we're, we're we really got to tighten it back up again but it feels friday by contrast feels like a boom 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 a much tighter movie and i think it's because they let those those characters improv within a, a kind of controlled space like and they really knew where to cut and what to throw out and what to kind of keep like it feels i think like a really fun finished product like i think that's a testament to f gary gray at 24 of all things well grace gray really feels like the actor's ability to improvise and contribute creatively made the movie a classic that's a quote from mm-hmm. him he says there's no friday without chris tucker and phase on love and what they contributed Cube and DJ Pooh did a great job with the script, but you can never dream up on your laptop the things that no. some of these comedians would come up with on the spot. You can you can tell too, like there's a few montage scenes of Smokey and Craig hanging out on their porch, and you can see Ice Cube genuinely breaking up. Yes. When Chris Tucker will just do stuff. Yes. You can see Ice Cube actually just laughing and, yeah. and losing it. Yeah. Uh, which is great. Um Ice Cube made a point, uh he wanted comedians. Um, oh, yeah. He, that was his thing when they were casting. They were like comedians, comedians, comedians. And in fact, Bernie Mac is plays a very oh small role in this. And uh, Ice Cube was so actually good. bummed. He's like, he was underused. And he was oh, so incredibly amazing. Underused. But, but, you know, there's only so much you can do and there's only so much time. I know. It was a shame. I, I love Bernie Mac. Miss Bernie, Bernie Mac. Mac. If, you li- if you out there in, in Podcastville landia... Have not seen it. Find Bernie Mac. Uh, we, we should we should cut in or be like link to it. He does. I'll try. Uh, a deaf comedy jam appearance, and he comes out, and it was like one of his first appearances ever, and he destroys. I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness. And New York, goddamn y'all, motherfucking women look good. Y'all like a bacon and egg sandwich look good. But I love sex. I love it. Can't do shit no more. And I'm blessed. I'm big boned. I'm heavy structured. I'm hung low. If I pull my shit out, this whole room get dark. Kick it! You don't understand. I ain't scared of you motherfuckers. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I, like he comes. It, like yeah. it's it's. There's confidence, and then there's what what's happening inside your body right now. Like how are you? <laughs> how are you? How are you existing on the same planet as other no, humans? He's fantastic. Yeah, it is. He's 
amazing. So when I saw him show up, I love he plays he plays a slimy kind of lecherous preacher. He plays a preacher uh, who's like just who's acting all straight and narrow and like uh, trying to help out the the neighborhood, but then also like hooks up with like a married woman. Uh, Yeah, he wants pot, and then he goes and he married woman. Yeah, yeah, he hooks up with the married woman across the street. Who and I have to find. I can find it in my notes. Oh, uh, Kathleen Bradley was, they found her. She was the, she's the super hot uh, lady across the street who wears like Daisy Dukes and this shirt. And she's showing all her, showing all her boobage. Mm-hmm. And um, she it's was Ms. Parker, on, right? That's a character she name? was on, mm-hmm. yes, she was on the Price is Right as one of Barker's beauties. No. She was the very first black Barker beauty. Get out of town. I will not. I am recording a podcast. I did not know she was on the Price is Right. Yep, she was on. That's where they found her. Hey, Ms. Parker. Hey, Ms. Parker. Hey, boys. And then, of course, her husband was, um, oh, what is his name? Um, a. I'm so going to fuck myself over here. Little person. That's the, okay. You're nodding at me. I don't want to be, I'm trying to be socially. I don't want to say the wrong thing either. Shit. You know what? Let us know if we've offended you and we deeply And I'm really sorry. I I apologize. I I believe it's little person. It is little person. Okay. Because didn't John Mulaney do that whole bit about Mm -hmm. how he wanted to say Mm -hmm. midget and they were like, you can't say that. Okay. Little person. Played by uh, who um, is in Bad Santa. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Uh, and I cannot remember the actor's name. I apologize. I'm finding it. Daniel is finding it. Um, and he is hysterical. And they uh, they actually auditioned a bunch of people and found him. And they were like, yes, yes, yes. While he's finding it, I want to say... Um, they filmed this at um, 126th in Normandy, which is the block that Gray grew up on. And Tony Cox is his name. Tony Cox. You did a great job, Tony Cox. And I hope that I used the correct terminology. Um, the scene where um, Devo knocks Red the fuck out is right in front of Gray's house. You got knocked the fuck out! Really? Yeah, the house where he grew up. Um, I dig that. So talking about comedians, we've got Bernie Mac, we've got Faison Love, we've got um, Angela Means plays Felicia, which is if you have not heard or seen by Felicia, then I don't think you're ever online or on te- mm-hmm. or, or watch television. You haven't been on the internet in a few years. Or television either by felicia like yeah. people say it all the time people say it and they don't even know what it means mm-hmm. like kids you know this generation z and all these babies and they're like bye felicia and i'm like do you know what the fuck you're talking about also they spell it wrong it's supposed to be felicia with an sh not a ci you're welcome oh learn something every day yes um so felicia was played by a comedian angela means she had appeared on deaf comedy jam three times got a standing ovation at the apollo she had just done house party three which by the way is why new line cinema okay not angela means being in house party three but house party three is why new line cinema new line cinema yeah 
was like when Ice Cube came to them, they were like, yes, we will do this movie. Oh, cool. Because House Party 3 was huge and clearly people want this. Yeah, awesome. So, yeah, you've got it. We'll give you, you know, you have 20 days to shoot this. That's amazing. And you have $3.5 million. That's nothing. I know. It made 28. So they That's did. That's awesome. They did okay. They're in the boat, and they've been and selling they, DVDs for 20 years. Yeah, and then they also spawned a franchise. There's two other mm-hmm. films and an animated series. Next Friday and Friday after next. Yep, and then and then the animated series as well. Um, so anyway, Angela Means, uh, she did Bernie Mac's pilot. She did Pearl's Place to Play, and she was with the premier black management company in the city. She was headlining. She was a host on the black comedy circuit, and she's gorgeous. And she goes in to audition and they're like, no, you're like stunning. And she's like, no, no, I can do this. I can do this. Because if you've seen the movie, Felicia is this raggedy ass. Like she. Yeah. She's like all dirty, like old clothes. Yeah. And, and her hair's all for ratty and, and she's looking yeah. for drugs and looking for mm-hmm. money. And she's just a mess. But she fucking played that. She's role. great. She's great. She's um, hilarious. She was amazing. Now, my personal favorite character because he reminds me of my dad is uh john witherspoon who plays um willie jones craig's dad craig's dad and um for those of you who have seen boomerang which is on our list daniel has not seen it how has he not seen this uh that was in 92 and john witherspoon is in that and you see echoes of his character from that movie in this totally Um, he, he and, um, Anna Marie Horsford, who plays Betty Jones, she plays his wife. They were both, I swear to God, like fish out of water. They're like, we came in here with these crazy children and we made this movie and God knows what the hell we were doing, but we did it. They loved it, but it was really funny to read the interviews with them. They, it wasn't like when you see their characters, I really feel like they just came in and played themselves. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, they didn't, John Witherspoon's like, I didn't smoke any weed. Everybody was always smoking weed. I didn't make, I hardly made any money. I made like $5,000. Uh, you know, like, I don't know what the hell these kids were doing, but they had a good time. Um, Anna Maria Horsford says she was on Amen at the time, which I don't know if you guys watched it. I loved Amen. That was just me. I watched it with my grandmother. Um, And they were shocked. The producers were shocked that she came into audition. They're like, but you're on Amen and that's huge. And she's like, yeah, but this seems like fun. And so uh, she, and I love it. She didn't know any of Ice Cube's songs when she went in. She's like, who is this Ice Cube? Right. Um, This young whippersnapper. The other thing that I loved was that when Ice Cube's mom came on set, uh, she was more excited about Anna Maria than she was about her son writing and starring in this film. That's She's awesome. like, do you know who this is? She's on Amen. He's like, yes, mama. I, uh, you know, I hired her. And she's like, you need to show some respect. This woman is amazing. Like, and yeah, he's mama, like, I co-wrote the movie. He's like, this is the movie I'm on. She's like, whatever. This lady is incredible. And I was like, that is 100% what a mother would yeah, do. Yeah, mama, I'm one of the most popular musicians in the country right now. <laughs> she's like, this is amen. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, John Witherspoon, see this movie for the da- for the daddy alone, for, for Willie Jones alone. Um, something that that 
Cube and Gray and DJ Pooh all said that in, in one form or another was, and actually I think uh, Witherspoon also said it as well, they loved showing a real family that loved each other, that had problems, but that like a dad that genuinely cared about his kids, that was a pain in the ass like all dads, a mom that, you know, didn't let, you know, that loved her children, didn't let them get away with anything, but like loved them. You know what I mean? Like a sister and brother that fought, but it like Witherspoon reminded me of my dad. He has this, this scene where he's like, listen, in this house, you work or you go to school. You don't like my dad said those things to me. He, mm-hmm. um, I left college, uh, after my ill kind of in the middle of my sophomore year and dad said, you can live at home, but you work with a job that has health insurance. And and so I went out. Did your dad ever call you into the bathroom for a conference while he was on the toilet? Well, I'll tell you one thing. Around here, you're going to work and go to school. The first of the month, rent is due. If you ain't got nothing on the table, you ain't got to worry about catching a dog. You got to worry about a dog catching your ass. No, because my dad is maybe the most modest man on the planet. That would have been weird. Yeah, uh, he he did. Oh, what? Oh. <laughs> um, we got a cat. We have a cat. We got a cat in the room. Cat, cat alert! Cat alert! Oh, you guys are gonna hear some stuff tonight. Ooh! You're welcome. That is your. <laughs> That's the dumb dog. Sing your. Sing your song. No, one time he did chase me out of the house with a bra on a broom handle. Okay. Uh, because I had like done witch. laundry there. Okay. And I left a bra, and he wasn't going to touch it because... Okay. Were kitchen gloves not available? Yeah, so he said, wait, your thing, your thing. Okay. That actually happens in Empire Records. That's what he was living you out. You forgot your You thingy. forgot your thingy. Yeah. So that, yeah, no, my dad was not that wow. kind of dad. Yeah. Uh, but he was very much of a no shit. Like, we're yeah. not going to, you're not going to waste electricity. You're not going to waste food. You're not going to waste, you know, mm-hmm. get your shit together. Yeah. He wanted me to be um, once. I mean, he's not, he wants me to be, uh, you know, a contributing member to society, a good person with a good future. And yeah. that's what. Witherspoon, uh, that's what, that's what uh, the dad here, does, the dad yeah. here mm-hmm. wants. He's like, be a dog catcher like me. He's like, I hate dogs. And he's like, I do too. That's why I love my job. Yeah. <laughs> my whole day is just my foot up their ass. It's yeah. my pleasure. <laughs> it's my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's great. Like he's, uh, I loved him because he's, he's uh, broad comically. Like he's kind of, he's goofy. Like it's almost like TV comedy broad yes. in the dad. Like it's very... It's clearly meant for like an audience. It's goofy. It's but, big. But there's there's some great moments where he locks in, and like when he when he sees Craig with the gun, he's like, "I didn't raise you like this. You shouldn't have that gun." And like like you get mm-hmm. like it locks in. You're like, "Oh, there's a father son relationship here." Yes. Like he's not just a cartoon. Yes. It's great. Yeah, and and um, Anna Maria talks about that. Um, yeah. She talks about um, how, oh yeah, <laughs> she talks about how when uh, when Debo pulls the knife on Craig, she tells Gary she's she told the director she's like I can't just stand here 
and watch somebody try to kill my child and not jump in. That's not what a mother would do. Not, right. A mother would not just be like, oh, look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Gary came back 10 minutes later and said, you can go for him, but you have to let John, you have to let John Witherspoon hold you back. And that's when John says, let him be a man, let him be a man. Sure. Mm-hmm. And she says, I don't care if he's a man or not. I'm not going to stand here and watch him hurt him. Mm-hmm. And she said she was really glad that stayed in the film. It's, She said it's in the little moments that you have yeah. to be clear, so clear in the people you're portraying because you have a responsibility to the people who are watching. And um, John Witherspoon said the lesson about not using weapons made it a bit more serious for my character. Just like you said, you put yourself just like you said, Daniel. Yeah. Um, you put yourself in the same place as the father. You just found a gun on your son. If this neighborhood's so bad, I never would have moved here. I told him use fists. You kids are weak, sissified. So use your fists. Live to fight another day. That was poignant, and that helped the film. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it did. Absolutely. I did not know that moment was coming. It it really like it uh, it it's it's serious. Yeah, it, it totally works. I was like, oh, wow, this like it starts off. I mean, it the, you, from the opening, from the jump, like over the New Line Cinema logo is Smokey's lying to her later about like, you know, it, I'm going to get you high today because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. You ain't got no shit to do. Yeah. And like it starts off as like just like a weed comedy about two boys hanging out shooting the shit. Definitely but not there's a some, weed comedy. But there's some moments it then turns into like, oh, this is surprising. Like this feels like a real family going through some shit right now like it's a it's, real it's a real movie i mean totally lands nia long, i didn't know it was gonna happen at all yeah nia long um love her she's great yes she's reunited with uh, cube they were in uh boys in the hood together i believe um she is felicia's sister and uh she's somebody that craig's interested in and she's mm-hmm. very straight and narrow and uh she when um when uh, Debo, who's the bad guy, who's played by Tiny Lister, um, which I just fucking love that his name is Tiny. Um, when he beats up Felicia, Nia Long just fucking goes. She's like, I wish I was a man because I could beat your ass. I'd beat your ass. Like, it's a very scary moment to see this little tiny girl go up against this mammoth of a man and say, you can't do this. You can't treat my sister this way. Yeah. Um, Tiny Lister, for those of you who don't know. Love um, Tiny Lister. <laughs> he's so great. Um, he played the president of the Federated Galaxy. In galaxies, the fifth element. Whatever, he's in the, the president fifth in the fifth element. Uh, and, and he's also a professional wrestler. He was Zeus in WWF, um, wrestling Hulk Hogan. He said he used to get real death threats from the white world. They saw this big black guy from Compton and Vince McMahon promoted that I was a killer and a gangster. He needed to sell pay-per-views. Vince McMahon's a piece of shit. So since I'm from Compton, he took the negative things about Compton and used them to scare the white WWF public. Is that not the fucking most disgusting thing you've ever heard? Of course, first of all, wrestling, we'll get into that later, but Vince McMahon is a piece of shit. Like, that's something Vince McMahon would do. Like, he's the shit... In between the cracks in the bottom of your shoe that gets stuck there and won't come out. Like, he's just an awful human being. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, but I do love that Tiny Lister, Tiny Lister has no, um, he has no self-esteem issues at all. Um, (laughs) He said, uh, Zeus was larger than life. I was the biggest black character actor in Hollywood, but I needed to prove it to Pat Charbonnet, who was the um, producer who was producing, oh, I literally say the sex, who was producing the movie with Ice Cube. Me and Nia Long went in together. Pat didn't know how big I was at the time. It took 
uh, Gary Gray to make sure I got the role because he knew the influence I already had. He knew how powerful and famous I was. And actually, if you think about it, if that's the way the public already sees you as this big, scary bad guy, then you're set because like people are going to see you on film and be like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. It's that guy. Now and it's I mean, going to happen. He's already intimidating. Oh, my looking. God. He's scary as And fuck. believable as a bad guy. So bringing in that, that extra rep is just going to help him. Yeah. Really. Um, he actually is blind in his right eye. I mm-hmm. don't know if you know that. I didn't know that, but I wondered because it's noticeable. Like you can, he, he, you know, one of his eyes is crossed and I was like, okay, can he, can he see out of that? Can he see straight? Yeah. But it's, he's blind in one eye. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, what am I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, he also loves that uh, people name all of their pets Debo. <laughs> That's awesome. It makes him laugh. Um, yeah, it's uh, he's great. I'm looking for I have like I took you guys like I took so many notes. It's ridiculous. Face on love um, is has his role is not huge, but it's so beautiful. Um, as Big Worm, the drug dealer, he comes up in this car that it turns out is super famous in the hood. Um, of course, all of my... The little snack car? The no, little... no, no, no. The, the, oh, uh, the hydraulics, his the actual hydraulics. car car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His license plate and the hydraulics and everything. That they, they had to like buy, I think they bought it or they borrowed it. Really? Lord help us, I have too many notes. I took too many notes. Ah, the Orange Crush Lowrider, the Big Worms Drives, was famous in the hood. It was like a rolling billboard for Los Angeles. Our transportation person tracked it down because we thought it was a car that a guy who sells weeds and rolls with rollers in his hair would drive, which is so true. Nice. (laughs) It says... uh, Something with so much personality captured who Big Worm was immediately. You know who that guy is if he's driving that car. Don't get me wrong. It's a dope car, but it definitely says, I'm a specific type of person. Don't fuck with me. It works perfectly for his character. That's what Gray says. Um, now, this is... I, I thought this was weird and interesting. on Love said, I'm the one who brought the lowrider around, and dudes were like, oh, man, that's the kind of car you're using? And the neighbors were like, let me show you mine. The orange lowrider belonged to this guy named Blaze. He was from the neighborhood. He later sold it to Japan. I guess the country. The country of Japan now yes. owns that car. Then he was murdered. Oh, shit. Maybe by Japan? I don't know. Sorry, Blaze. Um, Fuck, that story got dark. I, well, um, so filming was interesting. They were in um, Crips territory, and there were some shootouts around the corner, a couple drive-bys. I think it's interesting that since most of the cast grew up you know, kind of in areas like that. They were like, they speak about it very casually. I don't think that I would be that way. I'd be like, cool, I'm out. Um, The Crips were out. Apparently they were very cool. They were excited. They wanted to get pictures with the cast. They wanted to hang out. They weren't, they didn't make any noise. Um, They didn't start laughing until they heard the word cut and then they would laugh. But they did the cast, the... um, uh, costume department made sure that there was no red. Mm-hmm. Yep. Everybody wore blue. Smokey wore blue. All blue. No red. Let's not take any chances. I mean, we've got a gang that's willing to just have a good time, watch a movie being filmed. Let's not poke the bear, shall we? 
there were two guys who in the neighborhood who were pissed off that there was filming and so they would never move um they just stayed like i i wouldn't know when you could see them i maybe if you watch it but um they had some guys that would yell when they were filming so they had to they cut, cut around it well, obviously. Yeah, they like, cut around it well. Nothing it makes into but it's the final like, cut. dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. they're trying to, they're trying to. I imagine that happens a lot in L.A. People get sick of in L.A. and New York. Both mm-hmm. people get sick of um, constant filming. Constant yeah. filming. Um, yeah, Faison talks about Big Worm. He said back in the day, dudes used to go get perms. Prince had the same perm. Billy D had a perm in Star Wars. Lionel Richie had a perm. Then I wore mine like I was going to have one of those great perms. Somebody's got to bring it back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What'd you think of the music? I thought the music was awesome. Like, it was an awesome mix of classic uh, R&B and also mid-90s hip-hop, which is also awesome. Yes. So, like, whether they were playing old stuff or what was then new conventional stuff, I loved it. Yes. Like, it was great because they would, like... On the the soundtrack soundtrack like background music would be like you know older songs sometimes, but it also mix it up with some newer stuff. Or then like you'd be in somebody's house, they watching music videos, it'd be like a contemporary song. But it's like that great like mid nineties R and B and hip hop too. So I thought the music was awesome. Like, yeah, great. Gray said all the mu- all the music in the movie is music Cube and I grew up with. On Saturday when we had to do our chores. My mom would throw on seventy soul and it just felt warm. When you grew up poor, all you have is your friends, your family, and music. Um, so actually the uh, yeah, and the producer said it was like a fantasy soundtrack. Um, she said, when Gary dropped the music into the film, it was a fantasy soundtrack. We can drop in all the great music that you want to, but if that film's going to be released, somebody's got to pay for it to yeah. be in the film. Mm-hmm. And uh, Toby Emmerich of New Line was such a believer that he put up so much money to allow us to have all of the music in that film. I will never forget because Gary delivered a film with this music and there was no money whatsoever to buy any of these songs. It sounds perfect, though. It it's sounds great. fantastic. It has a number one, um, I think it's Dre's song, Keep Their Heads Ringing. I can't remember. Yes. Um, it was a successful Dr. Dre single. Made it to number 10. Sorry, number 10. The soundtrack reached number one. Um but Keep Their Heads Ringing made it to number 10 on Billboard 100 and number one on the Hot Rap Tracks chart. Uh, music videos were shot for the song Friday and the song Keep Their Heads Ringing. The track listing, we've got Friday by Ice Cube, Keep Their Heads Ringing, Dr. Dre, Friday Night, um, featuring featuring Scarface. Um, lots of stuff. We've got you got the Geisley Brothers, Cypress Hill, you got Rick James, Bootsy Collins, yeah, Two Live Crew, Funk Dubiest, yeah, it's a solid soundtrack. Curtis Mayfield, The Temptations, Gladys Knight and the Pips, James Brown, Rick James, come on, mm-hmm. love yeah. that music. The music's awesome. Yeah, the music's the music, awesome. The music is great. Um, I do love. This is my. I thought about it last night. Uh, I've got two different ways we can do this. So you guys decide. Uh, Smokey quotes Scarface like three different times Mm -hmm. in the movie, which of course stars Al Pacino, who was in The Godfather. There it is. So if you want to do, if that's the way we want to connect to The Godfather, we can. The other way that we can do it, we can do this the easy way or the hard way. No, I'm just kidding. 
Um, the other way that we can do it. Oh shit. I had it. It was, um, hang on. Uh, damn it. I had it. It was through Clooney. Um, Bernie Mac Clooney or anybody to Clooney. Um, and then they were in something with Al Pacino. You're not helping me at all. Bernie Mac was in an Oceans movie with Clooney, who was in one of the Oceans movies with Al Pacino. Yes. There it is. Oceans movies. Because Pacino was in Oceans 13. Yes. Okay, so then we'll just... Yeah, so there we go. There's your godfather. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are... I love how you just sit here and stare at me. Like I wanted I'm, to see where you were going. Like I'm some sort of monkey that's performing for you. Um, Don't joke about getting me a monkey. I've asked. I would Many never, times. I would never get you a monkey. Oh. Uh, I would never get you a monkey. Um, so the interesting thing about the sequels is Chris Tucker wanted nothing to do with them. Wouldn't do them. He was replaced. Uh, and um, and refuses to do that. The, they want to do a last uh, uh, Friday. A l- last Friday. Friday. Last Friday. Was, was what last Friday. Last Friday. But the actors that were interviewed were like, it would cost too much. We all, we all cost a lot more now. Um, Part of me. Some of them were like, we cost a lot more. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, like some of you definitely cost a lot more. Some of you, I think could probably use the work. Um, Chris Tucker won't come back. He he says he's grown and he doesn't need to swear a lot and he doesn't need to do that and smoke weed and that kind of thing. And and I get it, but also like have a sense of humor. Um, Ice Cube says uh, the movie did everything he wanted it to do. He grew up on Car Wash. Let's do it again. Uptown Saturday night. Cheech and nice. Chong. Yeah. And we there's a Cheech and Chong poster in Smokey's room. Yeah, we wanted to make a hood classic that people could grow up on and be one of their favorite movies of all time, which they absolutely did. It's still popular 25 years later. The movie is alive and kicking, and people are still enjoying it like they did 25, 20, 20 years ago, he says, mm-hmm. but it was 25 years ago. Hearing Zach Randolph from the Memphis Grizzlies being called Zebo and Stuart Scott quote Friday lines, it's like us saying Scarface lines. Yeah. Uh, Gray says, I wasn't surprised that people liked it. I wasn't even surprised about the success of it. I am surprised about the legs that it's still to this day, that it's still to this day and the cultural impact that it had on popular culture. The fact that it spawned a franchise. People say by Felicia and some people don't even know where it comes from. Mm -hmm. For that to ring loudly 20 plus years later, that was a small moment and it wasn't even a structured joke. That was a... um, Improv? Improv, just a toss off. Yeah. Have you seen either of the sequels? No, I don't know. I, are they I'm supposed not a to, sequel are they supposed person. to be any good? Do you know? I don't know. Let's find out. I'm not a. I'm not. I think they. You mean I you're think not? They made money. You're not a. You just genuinely, generally don't like sequels. Unless I hear like this. Listen, honestly, for me, without Chris Tucker, it's not a Friday movie. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. Um, oh, I took. I just wrote too much stuff down, you guys, for real. Like I, know, it's I wanted okay. to talk about. I I I always uh, admire your ambition when you print the notes. I'm like, that's a lot of notes. That's <laughs> hey, all the clothes came from the sloths and swap meet. Okay. Yeah, they didn't. Um, it wasn't like they were out. Oof. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, next Friday has a 20% approval rating. So that was a huge success. That's 
You always say Rotten Tomatoes means nothing. It, it does. It usually does mean nothing. Friday after next, how'd that do? Uh, yeah. I gotta huh. find this. This is gonna drive me crazy. Yeah, not as well. Oof. Yeah. It seems like we're we're best just staying away from the sequels in general. Friday after next is about Christmas. Okay. And the poster says Xmas in the hood. Uh. I'm just happy that Daniel now knows what I mean when I yell, my neck, my back. My, my neck, neck and my back. back. It's It just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna Maria has done like a ton of stuff, but she is like every, ev- everywhere she goes, everywhere she goes to this day, people are like, Friday, 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 your cube's mom, your cube's mom. She's like, yes, I am Ice Cube's mother. She's like, I've done more than 100 movies, and that's the one that everyone knows. That's life. She said, since Friday, I've gotten to play most rappers' mothers. I think that's God's joke on me, making (laughs) me famous for being every rapper's mother. I say that because I don't, I love, this is such a parent, such an older person say, I say that because I don't know the rap music. Awesome. Not that I dislike it. I just can't talk as fast as they can. And I don't understand the things they're saying. That is totally something my mother would say. I don't understand the rap music. That's cute. Yeah. John Witherspoon says, I'm Mr. Jones no matter where I'm at. Like, he's just, he said, I said things in the movie that I'll die with. Uh, Don't don't let anybody go in that bathroom for 35 to 45 45 minutes. minutes. Open Um, a window. (laughs) Yeah. Angela Means said she found out that hashtag by Felicia was trending when her friend called to say congratulations on her son's first college offer. Um, and she's like, what are you when she was hanging up? She's like, bye, Felicia. And she's like, what are you talking? How would you know that? She's like, do you not? Are you not on Twitter? Like that trends. That's everywhere. Um, but no, it's you think about how often people say. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Like it is the it's it, it's a like a totally awesome, dismissive, just like mm, bye. Um, oops, sorry. Clang, crash, bang. Um. Oh, here we go. Todd Boyd, who is a professor at USC School of Cinematic Arts, didn't you? Was it USC that didn't you? What was your where was your uh, semester? Not at USC. Okay, sorry, no, I don't know. Okay. Oh, it's a different thing. Long still. We'll okay. Later. As well as screenwriter and producer of the 1999 coming of age drama The Woods says Friday didn't just add an element of comedy to depictions of everyday life in black neighborhoods. It spawned a new genre, the hood comedy, which is very true. Think about it. The film demonstrated that black life was not all drugs, violence, dysfunction, and pathology. Yet, instead of offering a Cosby show-like fantasy, yikes, <laughs> um, <laughs> which now... <laughs> that reference doesn't hold up. No. Friday puts these issues in context, finding humor in the everyday lives of regular black people. Since the 70s, Hollywood has always looked favorably upon low-budget black films that produce high-profit margins at the box office. Friday expanded the representation of the hood into the realm of comedy and achieved box office success at the same time. Have you seen The Wood? Uh, no. It's great. I've heard that it's really it's good. It's great. Great movie. Tay um, Diggs. I've heard that. Oh, that's right. Tay Diggs. Oh, hello. Tay Diggs. I know you do. Call me Tay Diggs. Okay. No, don't call me Tay Diggs. But hey, Tay Diggs. D- Tay Diggs. Call me. Hey, Tay. Uh, hey, Tay Diggs. Oh, there was a comma in there. 
Ow. Shit. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot to say that Angela Means loves when Keith Olbermann says bye, Felicia. I love when Keith Olbermann does anything. Mm-hmm. I love when he plays. I love how he plays the whale. The whale on, broadcaster. The whale on broadcaster on Bojack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another show you should be watching. Um, I don't know. I I feel like I'm you know going through my notes, trying to get everything. I you know I like everybody to know all the stuff, and I just want to share with you guys. I just want you to love the movie like I love the movie. I thought it was a good movie. I'm really glad I got to watch it finally. Um, yeah, it it really it really blew up. It really made um, it kickstarted the the acting career of um, Chris Tucker. It earned Ice Cube credence as a filmmaker in Hollywood. Uh, Chris Tucker, really, I mean, he, he just, it made him who he is. And, um, I mean, we were just watching Fifth Element, which, oh my God, I love that movie so much. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. not with me tonight, you guys. I was thinking about that when I was watching Friday the other night, I was like, oh, this is, this is kind of a big turning point for, for Cube in terms of like Hollywood popularity, because he'd obviously been around for years as a musician already. He'd been in movies already before this, but this kind of. The comic performance he did in this, I think, is what helped pave the way because, you know, uh, I'm looking at his filmography. Before this, it was, you know, not much. But then uh, he did, you know, uh, Anaconda a couple years later, Three Kings a couple years after that. Next Friday, he starts acting more and more at his barbershop in 02. Um, that's the that's yeah. more of the hood comedy. So like, and then about. Are We There Yet in 05. So like, this is like the beginning of Ice Cube transforming from like, hardcore uh rapper activist political statement to like you know now he makes like family friendly comedies like are we there yet are we done yet and friday's the beginning of that friday's the turning point the the transition the start of transition yeah that's very true mm -hmm. that's very true yeah because he's just a he's just a nice goofy guy in in friday you know yeah and he and now look at him he's just making now he's like a you know, family man making family comedies. It's the it's where the, the money is. Exactly. It's also the. I mean, you grow up. You know, he's in his mid twenties on Friday, and then you grow up, you get older. You're like, I'm just an established family guy now. Well, that's so. Chris Tucker's argument was that if he came back as the same guy that he was, it would seem kind of weird. Like yeah. he wanted, he wanted Smokey to have developed. Yep. Um. And I see potential. I I see potential for that to have happened. I'm sad that he hasn't been able to make it work because um, I could absolutely see Smokey had a heart and uh, and was obviously very intelligent and mm-hmm. just being a slack ass like most teenagers exactly. or, or yeah. you know young mm-hmm. early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like so much time has passed now, almost twenty five years. Like if if he were if he were this he would not be the same guy. Yeah, he's he's now. And Chris Tucker would not want to play the same guy. Right. Twenty five years years later that he played back then. Right. You know, I mean, even Ice Cube does different stuff now. Like I think of, he's such a he's such an established comic foil now. It's funny. To, it's almost funny to look back and think, oh yeah, a quarter century ago or you more. Were terrifying. He was. You were. You were known for much different things. Whereas now you're like the goofy boss in Twenty One Jump Street. 
you know? <gasps> oh my god. Like, he's so and that's good. the thing. Like Friday, I think, is the beginning of their transition into like adulthood, uh, Hollywood comedies, just like a different career track, different type of thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, but he's great in it. Like and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's just growing up and, and getting older and just kind of evolving in your career, you know? You you've been a, a goofball since your early twenties. Yeah. So what are you evolving into? I'm super behind. No, but I mean, if you evolve into goofball, then what are you evolving into? I don't know. Oh. It's not. It's not going to be good. So all Let's in talk all, about sirens again. All in all, you loved Friday. Yes, Friday was great. As well, you should have. Friday was great. Uh, I lo- I dug Friday from the jump. Like, the vibe is great. It's a hangout movie, and they establish it from the studio logo. Like, there's a line later, like, I know I mentioned this a few minutes ago in the podcast, but where Smokey comes over to Craig's house, and he's like, I'm going to get you high today. I know you don't smoke weed, but I'm going to get you high today, because it's Friday, you ain't got no job, you ain't got shit to do. It's a funny line in the context of that scene, Mm -hmm. but they bring it out to the logo up front, Mm -hmm. and, like, Mm -hmm. play that over the logo, and then do a music drop. Like, and it's instantly, the vibe is, you're going to hang out and have fun and have a good time. Yeah. And, like, it keeps that up for 90 minutes. I'm like, this is a... Just a perfect hangout movie. Not four like, hours. It, yeah, it's which just great. I would have loved to have seen. Right. Yeah, the ru- four hours of Tucker and Faze on Love just, just fucking around, yeah, riffing and no. uh, and having a ball. So yeah, like it, it, it had me from from the drop. Like that vibe was just present right away. And you know this, man. And perfectly done. And I was like, this is a really fun hangout movie. Like you just watching these guys get into like low level shenanigans and like trying to hook up with girls and like then it gets a little serious and everything good guys win in the end and yeah it's great yep yeah perfect yeah do you think it would have been better Mm -hmm. if ian mcshane had been in it probably okay that's you know that that's that's i was reading the other day that most roles that ian mcshane gets in movies now it's between him and ice cube and they don't know who to pick (laughs) it is always always down to the wire they're up for the same role oh all my the time. God, that's hilarious. They're basically the same guy. Ice Cube oh, was in fantastic. was in John Wick. No, wait, that was Ian McShane. No. See, even I get them confused. Uh, yeah, we we have had uh, we've had some great some great reviews again from Travis Lemons. Uh, I really encourage you to check out his. Um, his reviews of our podcast because they he brings stuff out that we that we don't bring that we've forgotten or overlooked or did not know again i say did not know um but he is uh very funny and very witty um mm-hmm. so do you want to do hell yes i, I want to do some what hell you're yes. doing i'm looking up the thing for my hell yeah oh i already know what my hell yeah is gonna be do you want to go first do you want me to go first with the homies elton Elton. Elton. R.I.P. R.I.P. Brittany. Makes me sad. Oh, yeah. Um, this movie made me miss Bernie Mac so much. Oh. Uh, He's, he was a fucking genius. You know, uh, Ice Cube said that he would, uh, he would c- come up and give them advice during the Seriously. movie all the time. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, you're going too slow with this, or you're thinking, you're overthinking this, mm-hmm. or you need to, and I mean, can you imagine getting to have him as like, just like a consultant, yeah, on comic your genius film. Bernie Mac helping you out. Oh, I'll take that shit for free. Yeah, I love him so much. Mm. The Bernie Mac show was great. Yep. Um, I think it's on. 
Hulu, or it used to be. Is it? Let me check. Oh, no, God. What was your hell yeah? Okay, I'll do my hell yeahs, and then I'll look up the Bernie Mac show. Oh, good. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Mm. Mm-hmm. My hell yeah uh, is a trailer that just came out early this week. <laughs> Might have been last <laughs> week. but did I did a trailer already. I know. I like doing trailers. Okay. Uh, the trailer for the new Terrence Malick movie called A Hidden Life, and oh, I'll tell Jesus you why. Christ. First of all, he makes beautiful, challenging, wonderful movies about like what it's like to be alive. But A Hidden Life is based on true events, and it's about an Austrian farmer who refuses to fight for the Nazis and stands up and, like, engages in resistance. And it could not feel more timely or appropriate to see a movie about a guy who's like, I'm, I'm going to live my life, and I'm not going to let you make me fight in your evil criminal thing. No. I'm actually just impressed Resist. a Terrence Malick movie has a plot. That's hurtful. Have you have you seen Terrence Malick? I'm going to make you watch. Tre- <gasps> That's no, I what I should just, do. I, I should make you watch The Tree of Life. Uh, please, God, please don't. Oh, that movie is so. I did not get good mm. reviews. It, did it not- got good reviews from this guy. Oh. I'm pointing at myself. So good. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so good. Anyway, it's it, the trailer's called A Hidden Life. It's a good trailer, and it looks like a good movie about. The, Standing up for what you believe in. So I think it's an awesome thing to see right now. All right. So. Um, my hell yeah is a personal hell yeah. Um, I have had a, and I don't mind talking about this because I think it's super, super, super important. I've been going through a really, really scary, horrible depression. Not the let's just eat ice cream and watch Real Housewives kind of depression, but like a. Don't ever talk like that. But, oh my God. Uh, like whatever there are women out there that talk like that i know and i know some of them bless their hearts um anyway very scary depression that um scared daniel me my doctor um and my hell yeah is that we found a medicine that pulled me out of it the medicine has some side effects like i'm a little sleepy and i have a headache and whatever but i don't i can actually enjoy life which is nice so uh i know you also try to groom yourself like a cat which was weird no i just do that when you're not around oh really you just happen to see it you're super flexible i know i'm very bendy that's very cool call back mm-hmm. um so it's kind of like a bummer hell yeah for those of you who don't like to like hear about bummer stuff but I say, fuck that. And if you are having a shitty time and you need to reach out, you know, you can always reach out to us um, or reach out, just reach out because there's always somebody to listen and it's super, super important to take care of yourself. We are living in really scary, shitty times and the f- world is fucking burning burning to the ground and you've got to take solace in the stuff that you've got like um uh, my first murder's back after two months of a break my favorite murder my favorite i'm sorry my favorite murder my first murder is what's happening after this podcast what Um, (laughs) (laughs) holy shit um no my favorite murder is back Mm -hmm. uh season two of mindhunter is the bernie mac show is indeed on hulu the bernie mac show is on hulu uh, take pleasure in the small things. Yeah, life's a fucking trash fire. Just enjoy stuff. It is. It's a trash fire. Won't you join us? 
Let's watch movies as it burns. Let's watch movies and uh, and burn some trash together. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give a special shout out. What What's up to our, uh, I'm going to say, number one fan, Cactus Music. What's up, Cactus Music? Cactus Music, you make making this podcast so much fun. Cactus Music, for those of you who are stupid. No, I'm just kidding. You're not stupid. Just not in the know. Is uh, Houston's premier local music store mm-hmm. independent record store music store they have yep. in-store performances they sell uh vinyl cds uh local bands merch local they have local bands do shows there yeah awesome employees uh they're 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 one of the first places beer beer you can take your dog they're one of the first places i visited when you're i was wearing a visiting music Houston. t-shirt right yeah. now okay i'm, I'm gonna take a picture of wearing a t-shirt on i do <laughs> When I, I mean, was, on, on when I was visiting Houston 10 years ago, before I moved here, Cactus Music was one of the first places I went to because I was like, I need a cool place to go look for when music. You fell in and love with me. I loved it. And I was like, this place is the jam. So I love Cactus Music. They're here in Houston. If you're in Houston, go to Cactus Music. If you're not in Houston, get in your car, drive to Houston, go to Cactus Music. Check them out online. Check yeah. them out. Their Instagram their, is rad. Their Twitter is uh, cactus underscore music. That's also their Instagram. Is that their Instagram as well, yeah. too? Cactus yeah. underscore music. We love you, Cactus Music. Never change. You guys change. are awesome. Never change. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Yeah. I just, uh, I think uh, there's nothing left to say. Friday was great. Thank you for showing it to me. It was a blast. It was a My fun time. My pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, all right. We will... Uh, We'll see what takes you out. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, Felicia. You know it ain't no stopping all the dogs I'm dropping. It's Friday night, so everything is popping. I got skin to spin on the hand. So let the games begin. Yak it eat.